morning. Welcome to week one of Different Series, our series called Different. Um, I know that this is going to be a great uh, sermon for you today. I think you're going to be challenged and encouraged by it. If you have a Bible, open up to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, it's in the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. We're going to put the verses on the screen for you today. Man, we're glad to see you guys today. You guys look good. You smell good. And I'm glad you guys are here today. Happy summer. School is out, moms and dads. I'm sorry. All the kids are excited. Um, we got some graduates in here today. Congratulations from graduating. That's a big feat. Moms and dads, congratulations on helping your kids graduate. Um, Paige is here today. Paige and uh, Whitney are in ski season right now, so we don't see them ever. I already judged them for not being at church for like the last month and a half, but it's okay. Um, but Paige last week was in um, was, was skied in, um, in Georgia and is the 2018 Juniors, Masters, Women's, Champions, Girls, Trick, ski, slalom, all around. She 2018 junior uh, um, champion, and I was for the Masters, and I was super excited for them, and I'm glad they're back, and I'm glad some of you guys haven't seen in a while. I'm glad you guys are back today, and today's going to be a great day for you. We're in summer vacation mode. My family and I, we've, we've kind of already kind of got there, so this is like our last week to use our Disney passes So we because we, we black out in the summertime, and we're thankful that we can't go in the summertime, but we got to go with our kids and hang out with them, and I'll be honest with you, they've been out of school Thursday and Friday, and I think they're sick of us already, and um, it's mutual, and so, um, but uh, we're kicking off a brand new series today called Different, called Different, and uh, we're going to walk through the, through the book of the Bible, uh, it's called First Peter, and uh, one of the things that I desire um, as a church and as I desire as, as your friend is to help, I said it a few weeks ago, is to help us all kind of keep on growing, and I want to help you keep on growing. First Peter is an awesome, awesome book of the Bible that will help you grow in your faith. It'll help you move along because here's the deal that Jesus came on this earth. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose again. We tell people that every single week. But then after that, he, we move into a relationship with him and then we can begin to grow. But how can we grow unless we have any information? Or how can we grow unless we're, we're kind of taught? Um, there's a, there's a, a verse in the Bible that says if, if we can't, we'll never be able to drink, eat meat until we, we can drink milk first. And then we kind of graduate with the food. I, I was at the beach yesterday with my sister and her little, um, she has a little eight, eight-ish or nine-month-old baby, and they were feeding them, feeding them baby food. Um, I think it was um, gluten-free, taste-free, um, all the free stuff that you're not, you know, color-free, dye-free, like it was all the or organic, it had all the, it had all that stuff on there, it was like 65, bo- 65 bucks for a bottle of jar this small, and, and they were eating it, but it was like, oh, it's so, so disgusting, I don't want that, but I know that kid, man, and we, the rest of us were sitting around the table, and we were eating all kinds of whole foods and, and other foods that, they, that we could eat, and I'm like, man, I'm sure they can't wait to, you can't wait to get better food, I don't know about you guys, but I'm glad I'm not eating baby food no more, if you, if you taste it as an adult, it's disgusting. If you eat it now and you're an adult, that's weird. Um, but I know for me, I'm glad that I can eat, I'm glad that I can eat steak. I, I went and had steak last, last, um, last Saturday night and I'm, I'm glad I eat steak and I don't eat, I don't eat baby food. I'm glad I can eat mature food. And so first Peter, um, or Peter's writing to a group of people who they're really in a tough season. Things aren't really going well for them. Um, they're, they're not, this is not ideal situation. They're not loving life right now. He's writing to a group of people that are going through some of the toughest times of, the, of their life. It's a group of people that are, that are being persecuted and, and they're being persecuted for their faith. They're being punishment for, for, their, for their faith. And so I wanna walk, walk through just a few verses with you today that I think it can help you and that can maybe take, uh, take you along the way. And uh, maybe you're here today and, um, and you're like, I'm just checking it out. We believe that Jesus, because he came, he died on the cross for sins, that we get to live a different kind of life. We get to live a different kind of life. Our finances get to be different. I'm thankful for that. Our relationships get to be, get to be different. Our actions get to be different. Our thoughts get to be different. And so we wanna be, we wanna be different. And, 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 and Peter's saying, hey guys, here's how we live a, a different kind of life. Here's how we live the kind of life that you and I were supposed to, 
we're supposed to live. So the book of Peter starts off with this. In First Peter chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. This, is the, this letter is from Peter. So in case you're wondering who wrote the book of, the, the, the book of Peter, it's Peter. He, he named it after himself. And he's an apostle of Jesus Christ. And he says this. I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. It's close to Bithlo, I think. It kind of stole that from them. And he said, I'm, I'm writing to a persecuted group of people. Now, you, might, you, might, you, don't, you may not know anything about persecution, but they're, they're under the ruler, uh, under this ruler. His, his name is Nero. And if you, if you study any kind of early, early church history, Nero was one, of the, was one of the harshest, one of the most toughest guys when it came to, came to persecution. I could talk to you guys all day long. And, and the church in America, the church around the world today is in other parts of the world. That it's under persecution where people are going into churches and people are coming and they're locking up the, the doors and, and they're lighting, they're lighting the churches on fire or they're pulling the pastor out and they're saying, out of the church saying, hey, denounce your faith. Don't follow Jesus. And if you do that, will everybody live? And, and, and they're not. And they're taking bulldozers and they're digging ditches and they're putting people in there and they're burying them alive. And all kinds of persecutions happen all across our world today. But Nero was one of the, was, Nero was one of the most harshest men ever, ever it, when it came to persecuting Christians. Uh, the, the, when you study this and you kind of look through this and you, we, we find out that Nero, some of the stuff that he would do is this, is he would, he would take people and, and he would dip them in wax and he would put, it, put them on a stake and he would use them as candles for the big parties that he would throw. I mean, that's savage, right? Like that's disgusting. Like to, that, any kind of person that would dip somebody in wax and use them as a candle is, is pretty pretty screwed up. And that's what Nero was doing. Nero wasn't doing this because people were taking his money. Nero wasn't doing this because he was, because of, he, he was, he was mad at them. Nero was doing that because these people said that they believed in Jesus and he did not. And he think they should be persecuted for it. He's like, you guys are going against the, you're going against the Roman government. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna kill you guys. And that's the kind of persecution they're doing. And he says, you guys are living as foreigners. And we, right now there's, there's refugees and you can look on news and there's refugees all over the place and they're kind of scattered all, all across and they're sending different people from all parts of the world, different places. These guys get, they're foreigners. I mean, they, they didn't, they were just all over the place. They were scattered. And when you're scattered, you run wherever you can go to find some shelter. You go wherever you can to find some, find some help. And these guys are scattered all over the place. And, and Peter's saying, hey, I hope this book gets to you guys. I hope this book gets to all these different people because you guys need some, you need some encouragement. He says, God the Father knew you and he chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have, you have obeyed him, and you have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. He goes, man, you guys are followers of Jesus, and you're being persecuted for it. And he goes, you're God's chosen people. And he says this, may God give you more and more grace and peace. May God give you more and more grace and peace. And I hope for you, and I, that's my prayer for our church and for you, is I hope that you, you get more and more grace and peace. I hope that when you go through the tough times in life that you feel like, man, I'm so overwhelmed by the, by the grace of God. I'm so overwhelmed by the, by the peace of God that I can get through whatever is thrown in my way. I can, I can get through it. I can get through the tough times in life because I have the grace and peace from Jesus living inside of me. And we want to continue to educate you on that and encourage you with that. Like, man, God wants to give you more grace. And he wants to give you more peace. He wants to fill you with all of his goodness so you can go out because the tough times are going to come. How many of you guys have ever gone through a problem before? Just raise your hand. Yeah, one out of one people have gone through have gone through a problem. I want to, one out of one people have gone through a tough time. You guys say, hey guys, I want to prepare you for the tough time. I want to help you guys get ready to go through this situation that you guys are going through. Verse three, he says this, all the praise goes to God. All the praise goes to God. Um, 
Alex, who, who led us in, in singing today, um, I, I met her when she was 13 years old. She was a missionary, and she was at our missions conference in, in Orlando. And I saw her a, a year ago, and she was worshiping Jesus, and I, and I was at a camp speaking to a couple hundred kids in Texas. And I, and I texted her, and I'm like, this girl, Alex, can, she can sing. Not sing, she can sing. Like, we gotta get, we gotta get Alex. And so I, we gotta get Alex to come be a part of our church. And I love her family. I've, I've been to the Philippines and, and, and their, her parents are, are veteran missionaries in the Philippines. And I, I, her, um, her uncle did part of our um, pre-marriage coaching. I'm like, we gotta have Alex come and, and, and come lead worship. And then I was in, I was in, uh, the, I was in um, Africa this summer and I saw Alex's dad. I'm like, hey, I need some help. He's like, what do you need? He's like, what, he knew, I, he knows me. So he's like, I need, he's like, you need all kinds of help. Like, what do you need? <laughs> And I was like, I really would love to have your daughter come and intern with us this summer. And he's like, oh, she, she travels with this team. She loves it. Good luck. And I was day one. And I was like, I'm, I'm like that annoying middle school kid that just keeps on going. I'm like, hey, day two, I'm like, hey, we got to get Alex to, we got to get Alex to Winter Garden. We got we to gotta get her there. Day three, I'm like, he's like, okay, fine, I'll call her. By day four, day five, I was like, I think I, I, I feel pretty good about this. I'm like, how, how do I get her? How much? How much does she cost? Like a thousand bucks a week? Like what, what's the going rate for a missionary kid? You know, he's like, dude, she loves Jesus and she loves to worship. And if you, if, if you're, if you sell her on your wife, then she'll come. If she, if you sell her on you, there's not a chance. And I'm glad she's here, but I, I love when we get to praise, praise God. And, and Peter says, all praise goes to God. If, if anything good is happening, it's God gets all the glory. He goes, I'm gonna continue to praise God no matter what. No matter, mind you, Peter has gone through a season of life where he's saying, hey guys, I wanna encourage you. And he goes, I'm gonna give, he, he'd been in, he'd been, he has been in some tough situations. So he's not saying, hey guys, good luck. I hope you guys, I hope you guys make it. He's like, I've been there before and I'm gonna encourage you guys, all praise be to God. And he says this, um, to the Lord, to, to the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, it is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and now we live with great expectation. He says, hey guys, I know that you're in a tough time. I know things are going bad because we have, but we have a hope. There's a, we have a hope. We can place our hope, not in Hope Church, but we can place our hope in Jesus Christ. And we've got, our, our best is yet to come. We, we have a, an inheritance in heaven and it's gonna be good. And we should live with expectation for that. A lot of times people walk around this earth and they're in a tough time because they put their expectations in people. If you put your expectations in people, you're gonna be, you're gonna be let down. Just nod your head. Like if you put all your expectations in people, you're gonna be, they're gonna shaft you. If you put all your expectations in the stock market pre-2008, pre you're, you're gonna be let down. If you put your expectations in your money, or if you put your expectations in people, you put all your hope and all your expectations in people and all your expectations in, in things. I was talking to my brother-in-law about buying a jet ski the other day and, 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 I, was, and I was saying to him, um, you know, we used to own a jet ski, Diana. We, we found this little jet ski, we bought it for $300 and it ran forever. If we place all of our hope in our stuff, it, it, it runs out. I took Diana's car to get, um, to get detailed. And I honestly felt bad for the guy. 11, I mean, the, it's three years old, a 10-year-old, a seven-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old twins. Sometimes we go back there, we put a hazmat suit on, and Diana's like, what in the heck? What are y'all, are y'all just like, are you putting any food in your mouth or are you just throwing it on the floor? Like, it, it's, it's disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. So I dropped it off this morning. I'm like, hey, man, I'm embarrassed but I'm also gonna pay you. So like, and I'm gonna tip you well because it's gonna take you longer than you think it's gonna take you. Make sure you wear gloves. I don't want you to catch anything back there, you know? And our kids have great immune systems, so they're gonna be fine. Um, but I, I got off on a sidetrack. That has nothing to do with this. I might pick it up later. Oh, if you put your expectation in things, a car doesn't last forever. 
It doesn't, I hope mine do, but like a car's not gonna last, a thing's not gonna last forever. A house is not gonna last forever. I realize all my, if you put all your hope in, in things or in people, you're gonna, you're gonna be let down. And Paul, Peter's saying, hey guys, let's make sure we put all of our expectations, all of our hopes, let's put it in our, in our, in our, in our salvation and our relationship with Jesus Christ because it's not gonna fail us. It's not gonna let us down. The Bible says in Jesus, I'm never gonna leave you guys. I'm never gonna forsake you guys. He goes, let's put our expectation that. He goes, and he, he says this, this is awesome. I love this. He goes, and guys, by the way, we have a priceless inheritance beyond the reach of change and decay. He goes, we have an inheritance in heaven. It's, it's deep in heaven. And it's not getting, it's not gonna decay. It's not for a long time. Inheritance is in heaven. Everything I have on this earth is temporary. You guys have known me for, for a long time. I'm always trying to lend out my vehicles or trying to lend out whatever I have. You can, you can use it. You can borrow. You can have it because I know that's, it's not mine. God, let me borrow it for a little bit, but I'm putting all my hope. I'm putting all my, I'm putting all my inheritance in, in heaven. You know, I want to save up and I'm not, I'm not against 401k but I want, I, or whatever it is you're doing for retirement, but I want to send a kid to camp. I want to put my money into, into missions. I want to send my money around the world. I want my money to last longer than me, but I want to impact people's lives. I want to help kids. I want to, I want to help people in this community. Just, I want to make sure I do. I want to put all my, finance, I want to put all my finances and my money. I want to make sure that it's going towards, it, it, towards my inheritance. And my inheritance is when I'm going to get to heaven. If I, can, if I can reach enough people, I want to help start churches. I want to send medical supplies to Nairobi, Kenya. I want to do all those things because I want to reach more people. And if we reach more people, they're gonna, when I get to heaven, I'm going to meet people that I got to pour into. I want to pour money into Nairobi, Kenya because I want to stop the flooding. Because if we stop the flooding, then people can quit dying. Like, I want to help people all around the world. I want to be a part of what, what um, Alex's dad is doing. They're doing camps, and they've had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of kids go to these camps and get saved. And, and they're reaching a lot of people. I want to put my money in, in, th in those kind of things. Because I know there's, a, there's an inheritance that's far greater than getting a return on investment on this earth. I want to place my... My, all my net worth, all my value on things that are eternal. Here's what he says. And those are things don't, those don't change and they don't decay. Verse five says this, and through your faith, God has protected you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all of you to see. He goes, hey, it's coming. Heaven's coming. Heaven's coming. That's where we gotta place our hope. That's where we gotta place our faith. Heaven's coming. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ. All of our hope's in Jesus. Verse six, he says this, so be glad so be glad. I know a lot of people don't think that God wants you to be glad. He wants you to be glad. He's telling you, hey, be glad, be happy. Put a smile on your face. Cheer up a little bit. There's a wonderful joy that's right ahead of you. And even though you have to endure many trials for a time, for a little while, he goes, hey guys, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to endure for a little while. He goes, but be glad, have joy. This isn't gonna last forever. Verse seven says this. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. We want to see what kind of faith that you have. We're growing up in a, in a, in a society, and I feel like a lot, you, maybe you've heard the phrase cultural Christian, where people are, are, are Christians, or maybe they go to church, or maybe they're saved, or, or they, 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 they're placing all their faith. It's their, it's their parents' faith. It's just whatever their parents believe, that's, that's what they believe. There's that, there's idea of this idea, of, or this, there's this cultural kind of faith, this cultural Christianity where it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I go to church, or everyone around me is Christian, so I'm kind of hanging out with them, so I'm, I'm Christian also. But not only is there this cultural Christianity, but there's also this, this idea of there's this convenience kind of faith, where if it's convenience, I'm a Christian. If it's convenient, then I, I, have a faith in, I have a faith in Jesus. And he's saying, hey, guys, you guys have something greater than a cultural kind of faith. You guys have something so much greater than a, than a convenient. Being, following Jesus, I, I've used to say a long time ago, and I've said it a handful of times, but being a, being a Jesus follower doesn't make all your problems go away. It just, it just reassures you that when you go through problems, you have someone that's going to go through it with you. 
His name is Jesus. He's going to help you get through it. Doesn't make it all go away. There's no, you've been long, some, most of you guys have been long enough to know that there's no such thing as an easy button in life. You can just punch an easy button. Like, oh, everything worked away. It worked okay. I don't have to go out and work hard. I just, all the jobs just come, they just come to me. I don't have to do anything. There's no such thing as an easy button. Anybody that owns a business, if you own a business, there's no easy button. You have to work hard and you have to grind. And he says here, guys, guys I want you to know that there's no, there's no, there's no easiness. They're, the trials, they're, they're going to come. They're, you're going to have to endure them. But joy is going to, but joy's right ahead and, and, and gladness is ahead. But you're going to endure, you're gonna have to endure these problems for a little while. But if you have a cultural, if you have a, if you have a cultural faith, you're not, it's going to be hard to get through it. If you have a convenient faith, you're going to be like, dude, where's God at? Why did he shaft me like this? And you begin to make up these excuses. And you say, hey, God, there's, there's something greater that we can push on, we can push on to. He says here, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. There's a, there's a genuine kind of faith. I want to have a genuine kind of faith. I want to have the kind of faith where I just, I just know that he's there no matter what. God's there no matter what. I have a faith where I, when, I'm, when I'm living out my life and I'm doing what God's calling to, I just know that I'm doing it because God's leading me in that direction. God, God's helping me get there. God helped me get through it. I want to give him all the credit. If I get through a situation, I want to say, God, help me get through it. And he goes, hey, I want to I help you guys have a genuine kind of faith. Look, this is what a genuine kind of faith is. A genuine kind of faith, it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Did you know that gold had to be fired up and tested to make sure it's good? A diamond's got to be beat down and pressure, and it's gotta, they got to do a lot of work to make it look the way it looks whenever you, you get it. Through your, though, though your faith is more precious than mere gold, he goes, hey, your faith has to be tested. But more than gold's got to be tested, more than a diamond's got to be tested, more than all these things got to be pressure and, you know, an iron's got to be heated to make a sword and it's got to be beaten. It's got to be so much more than that. Because you have, your faith's going to have to be tested. You're, you want to have a faith that's battle tested. You want to be able to go through some things. He says here, it is being tested as, be, um, as, as a fire test, gold, pure, purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong, through the many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on that day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Let me read that verse one more time and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna be done, Jared. He says this. So when your faith remains strong through the many trials, it will bring you much, it'll, it'll bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. So he goes, hey, I want you to have a faith and a, and a thing that's, that's tested. That way, when God comes back, God, you're gonna you're gonna see how well you did. You're gonna see how good of a how good of a job day. And so I want I want to I want to preach a sermon today, really really quick. And what do you do when problems come? What do you do? Not, I don't. None of us today have experienced modern day persecution. You know, some of us today are, are, are maybe persecution for some of you guys today is when you go into, you go to, you go to try on some clothes and you, you got that size picked out and it doesn't fit. Maybe for you, that's, that's persecution. Maybe persecution for you is when you, when you, when you don't get the front row at the restaurant. Maybe for some of you guys, that's, that's persecution. Last day I pulled into the restaurant. I, I got the first spot there and it's hard backing in an F-250 and I'm, I'm backing that thing up. I'm stopping everybody. It's like a 65 point turn and I'm backing it in there because Lord knows you can't back up anywhere in Winter Garden Village. You got to back in. She can pull out when it goes there. And I got the front row spot and I get out of the car with Trip and I walk down three or four and Diana's pulling into the front. And I'm like, man, we got God's favor. How many of you know if you get a parking spot in the Winter Garden Village front row, that just knows that God, God, God part of the Red Sea for you. He made a way for you when there was no way. Come on, somebody. Like, he made a way for you. But I think for some of us, that's our biggest problems or maybe persecution for you is when you don't, when you don't get the best deal. 
or maybe when, you're, when things go, but there's a, there's a, there's a situation out there going on that, that, that there's an enemy out there and he wants to destroy you guys. He wants to tear you guys down. And if you're not ready for it, he's gonna tear you down. You know, uh, my, my, friend, uh, my friend is here today and there's a few of you guys that, that I work out. If I, if I go to trip some of you guys here today and you reach out and grab me, you're gonna bring me down. If I try to trip you up, you're just gonna, you, you just reach out and grab me and pull me down. But if I try to trip my two, my three and a half year old trip, or Judah, three and a half year old, his name is Judah, right? If I try to trip my little twin Judah, he's falling down. I was that kid in, in high school and middle school, college last week. Um, if someone comes running by, if someone's running by you, I, I just have a natural tendency to, to stick my foot out. Does that make me bad? Like, or is that, how many of you guys, you just, you just feel like you got to push your foot out? Like, it, they need to slow down, so I just want to slow my, I want to put my foot out there. I think maybe for you guys of adults, you, maybe you've, <laughs> some of you guys, you're so screwed up. Maybe for some of you guys in here today, you, the equivalent of that is when you're going in the car and you're in the, and you're in the, and you're driving as good as you can, you're going to speed limit, and maybe somebody is coming up, flying up on you, and instead of you giving it some gas and getting in front of the slow lane, you slow down and you drive side by side with the car in the slow lane. Some of you guys judge me for tripping, but now you're totally tracking me about slowing people down. You're totally getting it now. Maybe for you, some of you guys have got, but there's a war out there. There's, there's, a, there's a, a war that's waging against you. There's a, there's a battle going on that you can't see, and it's the enemy trying to pull you down. And if he can't pull you down, then he's trying to trip you, and he's, he can't, he's trying to trick you from the front and from the back. Like, he's doing whatever he can to make sure he pulls you down. And First Peter say, hey, guys, I know you're being killed for your faith, but I want you guys to know to keep on going. You're going to make it. You can push through. The best is yet to come. If you're not dead, God's not done. Peter's preaching all the things that I'm saying to you guys today. So I want to give you a couple things when problems come your way because you need some help. I need some help. And I wrote down a couple things. Here's the first thing I want to give you. Problems are part of the process. Problems are part of the process. You just got to get used to it. You're going to go through problems. If you, if you live long enough, you're going to lose a job eventually. I love talking to Matt about his lake that he bought for X amount. But when he finally paid it off, it was X amount. It's a part of the process. You'll never buy a lake ever again. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm just kidding. Like, it's just problems come. It's just a part of the process. Kids get sick. It's a part of the process. You can't stop that. Life happens. Flat tires happen. I used to get so mad when flat tires happen. I used to get so mad when I got when I when when people would cut me off in traffic. And I'm just like, I realize, man, part of, problems are just a part of the process. You're gonna go through some. You're gonna go through a tough season of life. That's just normal. You're gonna go through. You're gonna be frustrated. You're gonna be let down. People are gonna let you down. Your finances are gonna let you down. Like stuff's gonna let you down. But there's one person that won't let you down. His name is Jesus. Problems are just a part of the process. Verse six tells us you're gonna go through some trials, guys. If you're a new Christian here today, which there's a lot of new Christians in here today, you, you get saved and you're like, oh, am I gonna have any more problems again? They come. That's why we have to teach the whole Bible. That's why, that's why I said last week, there's something happens on Sundays. You gotta come every single Sunday. So you can make sure you get this. Like maybe you didn't know that problems come. If you miss this week and you tomorrow a problem happens, you're like, where's God at? Well, you can go back to the Bible and you should be able to go back to the Bible and say, First Peter says that the trials, the problems, they're gonna come. I wanna make sure I communicate. The, the problems, they come. Problems are a part of the process. Here's the second thing I think it's important for you to know. Your problems aren't permanent. Your problems aren't permanent. Now, there are some things you're like, well, man, Wes, I, you know, I have this or I have this. There are a few things that are, that are permanent. If somebody dies, that's, that's permanent. That's permanent. Unless God chooses to raise them from the dead, which he totally can do. Totally has happened before. 
your problems, they aren't permanent. I was talking to a friend of mine recently and uh, just this week and I was talking to her about having these problems and I just want to be like, hey, in three months from now, you're going to look back and say, I made it. I made it through. It wasn't forever. It wasn't, it wasn't forever. I have, I have a friend and they struggled with infertility for 10 years. 10 years. And I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's an eternity. And if I got up there and said, hey, your problems aren't permanent, they'd be like, bro, there's kids in here. He'd be like, forget you. They'd be like, forget you and forget your Bible and your Jesus stuff. They just kept on praying and kept on praying and kept on praying. But your problem, there's a few things that are permanent, but your problems aren't permanent. Whatever you're going through, if, if it's the, the day they said, it's, it's not permanent. It's not going to last for, it's not going to last forever. Problems, aren't, problems are part of the process. Your problems aren't permanent. And then I want to give you a third thing. I don't know if you're a note taker. This, isn't, this didn't make the notes, I don't think, but you got to praise God through your problems. You got to praise God through your problems. You just got to continue to praise Him. When things are good, you got to praise Him. When things are bad, you got to praise Him. You need a 24 hour life cycle of just, I'm going to keep on praising, I'm going to keep on praising, I'm going to keep on praising, I'm going to keep on praising Him. I like what the Apostle, I like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is out preaching the Bible just like Peter's preaching the Bible, and he gets thrown into prison. You know, and, and think about this, like, if you're being persecuted, you don't want to be, you don't want to be stuck in wax. Being thrown in jail is like a walk in the park compared to being put, killed and being dipped in wax and being lit on fire. That's just way worse. So being in prison, Paul's in prison, and he, is, and he realizes that problems are part of the process. He realizes problems aren't permanent. He's in prison. Here's what the Bible says in, in Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Around midnight, Paul and Silas, they were praying and they were singing God in prison. If I'm in prison, I'm not singing. I'm not built for prison, by the way. I want to do what's right because I just, and it, I, you know, I'm just not built for that. I just can't, I'm, that's, I'm not ready for that. I don't want to be ready for that. But if I was in prison, I'd be worried. But these guys are, they're praising God through their problems. I love that. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations and all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. And, and, you, and here's what you would have done. You would have took off running. An earthquake happened. The chains broke loose. So the, 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 the guard comes out walking, looking to see where his prisoners were at, and guys were gone. Paul and Silas are still in there, praying and singing. Kumbaya. And, 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 the, and, and the, the, the guy, the, 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 guy, the, the guy there, the, 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 the guard, he takes his sword out and he's about to stab him. He's about to, and Peter's like, Paul's like, bro, 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 we're still here. He knew this, if he, the prisoner, if, if, they, these, if Paul would have got away, he, he would have been, been killed. It would have been his fault. So he's like, hey, bro, pump the brakes. We're alive. We're here. We're not going nowhere. Like, you're not going to take our front end. No, we're staying. We're here for a reason. We know the problem's going to come. We know our problems aren't permanent, and we're going to praise God through our problems, period. I don't know where you're at in the season of life. I don't know if you're in a, if you're in a season of life where you feel like you're sitting in a prison. If you feel like maybe, maybe you're not in a season of life, but I want to make sure I address everyone today. Maybe you're not in, in a season where you feel like you're sitting in a prison. Maybe you're on the mountaintop and things are going great, man. You got, you got, a, you got just a nice view. You're just overlooking the, 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 the water and everything's just going great for you. And that's awesome. But just know that the, just like, the, just like the, the problems aren't, problems aren't permanent, being at the pinnacle isn't always permanent either. You're going to go through a valley. You're gonna go through a season. But this series different 
is going to help you go through these trials differently. It's going to help you go through your problems differently. And that's what we want for you. We want you to do it differently. We don't want you to cave. So many, I mean, you, you see people that, that are going through a tough time. First of all, they write a book on Facebook. They write a book on, on their status. That we only get three lines into it and we just, we quit reading it. But they write a full book. Or, they, or, or it's either that or it's this really short little clip that's like, I wish people got me. Basically saying, somebody please comment on my status and check on me. It's like one of the two extremes. Either they tell you everything or they tell you just enough to make you say, hey, what's, bro, are you good? No, I'm so glad you reached out. How did you know your Facebook status? <laughs> I'm psychic. <laughs> no, your, your status, like I saw your picture, you know, like usually it's only like one picture a week of your dog, but you posted six days in a row of your dog, just me and my dog. <laughs> like I get it. It, was, it wasn't like we had to read your mind. You're gonna go through those seasons of life, whether you're on the pinnacle right now or whether you feel like you're sitting in a prison, just be ready. Just know that it's not gonna be forever. It's not gonna be forever. Know that, um, know that it's part of the process. You're gonna, you're gonna make it through. You're, you're, gonna, you're gonna get through there. It's not the end of the world. 